play bangers, don't you? That's it. This was Bill Simmons' song to uh, Brian. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Look at him. He's so nervous. I've never seen Brian so nervous right now. He's so, like, on edge. He might actually eat some solid food. He's not really predictable, Rob. I know. So this this, this is going to be fun. Bradford Show. I'm Rob Bradford. Uh, Taking you all the way up to the pregame show with Brian Metric Man Barrett. I'm going to call you Brian Big Shot Barrett now. Metric Man's out the window. Are you going to carry that over to your new venture? Is he it do trademarked? That? It's rough. Well, you own the trademark? Let's just say my lawyers are lining up right now. <laughs> okay. All right. So in case you missed it, Brian Barrett's moving on uh, in a couple weeks here. Uh, no one before I, I before I get to the nuts and bolts. I do want to say this: no one deserves it more. He uh, his brand has has taken off right through the roof. Like I said, I told everybody. I said this. You know, I wear out that phrase, right? Your brand has never been hotter. But I actually mean it. And if I've meant it every time I've said this, your brand has never been hotter uh, throughout the last year. Well-deserved. You are such a valuable person at the station. You deserve to actually have a podcast, even though the only podcast you were on was mine. Uh, so you don't have a lot of experience with the podcast. But you go in the ringer, and you're going to be doing a podcast, a uh, Boston-based podcast. Bill Simmons handpicked you. Handpicked you, right? Correct? Yes. Look, you are so uncomfortable. He actually says, he sits down, he said, no awkward questions, please. I mean, what's that going to tell me? Ask as many awkward questions as the possible. The most. Right? Like, <laughs> you just, all you want to do is, mind, all you want to do is break down vertical drops and, and launch. I angles. did really appreciate that tweet, but oh, I was the dying best, laughing. Oh, so yeah, listen, my, my, uh, my vertical drop of my disappointment is through the floor. My excitement for you is a launch angle through the roof. That's what I said. I'm paraphrasing. But Brian Barrett, congratulations. And I know people want to weigh in, 617-779-7937, even though you're going to be on like 50 times between now and when you leave. I think every day. Every day. <laughs> Is it really? Every day? I think, oh, no, I think I got one day off. No, I think I'm off Monday. Yeah, I'm off Monday. There's okay. no game. You know right? what a podcast is, by the way? Do I know? Yes, Rob. Okay, I'm just, I'm just checking. But I do want to thank you. You gave me yeah. a lot of help here. I did. You got me a lot more exposure, mm-hmm. a lot more opportunity. So I do want to thank you very much. How did I, I give I you a lot more exposure? Because I was on your show a lot. Yeah. We well, did shows together. Yeah, we did, we did do shows together. And I tried putting you on the podcast. I tried make, I, mean, I think that was the thing that put you over the top. Put me over the it? top. The it metric did. Man, the Metric Man segments. Yeah, Metric Man rant, yes. Because like I said, well, well, this is wasted. You wake up every morning and you tweet like these Bizarre things because you're so fired up. Like, why don't you just like say it into your phone and we'll make it into a podcast? And we did it. And that's what you're going to be doing now. So tell me what you're well, going to be doing. Well, it's not going to be on my phone. Uh, good thing. Like, I couldn't explain. Like, you got a brand new phone and the audio stunk. Yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, tell me before we go on. Everybody, the phone lines are, are just like lighting up. You are loved. You're beloved. Who would have thought, Brian? Who would have thought the guy? That was doing the Red Sox review. What year was that when Mookie Betts made the? Uh, I stand game? by that take. 2000, 2019. I stand by this take. The worst Red Sox review guy ever. Okay, for 2019, and then he became the best. He went from the worst to the best. Like I would be driving home, back when I stayed for the games and I actually had a work ethic. But so I would be driving home. And I was like, oh, my, I can't, this guy, like, I would pull over to the Kowloon parking lot and beat my head against the steering wheel. Like, what are you talking about? You're talking about, like, how upset you were that, that Alex Cora didn't play Mookie Betts in the All-Star game? 
I stand by that what? take. It's the dumbest Mookie. take of all time. I wasn't mad at Cora. I was mad yeah, at you Mookie. Okay. I was mad at Mookie for not saying I want to be and, in the game. And and listen, I would get more texts and calls from people with the Red Sox <laughs> saying, this guy, what is he talking about? <laughs> and then how that pivoted, as I've told you, to this year where I get calls and texts from important people saying this guy knows what he's talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, you've come a long way. You've come a long way. And Thank you, my friend. Yeah, good job. Good job by you. But uh, yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get going. I do, I do yeah. want to thank everybody here, Ken, and you, Rob, yeah. Mutt, everybody that really helped me out here. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to some more discomfort because I got. I feel like I got Brian on the edge of his seat now. I feel like. Literally, I'm on the edge yeah, of my seat. I mean, he is so, he is so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. It's all, all you want to do is break things down. But you know what? Yeah, let's go. What we do you want to talk uh, about? Yeah, Bloom? Okay, just relax. Okay, relax. What do you so, think of Sal Moore last night? Velocity's uh, yeah. up. He changed his motion. You notice Is this that? what the podcast is going to be? Really? Sal Moore's velocity? Oh, yeah. All That's right. going to be the whole podcast. Did you, okay, so before we get to the calls, because there's a ton of people lined up here, before we get to the calls, did you hear any of the show in the first hour? Yes, I was sitting back there listening the okay. whole time. All right. Reese McGuire, good stuff good out of him. Good stuff. Excellent job. And how about him? I love He's the, hitting I love since the, he came was, over. was he going down like a river in a tube or something? Is that what it was? I guess. I don't know what the hell I don't know. About. It's like when he's talking about when he got traded, like floating down a river. Hey, anyway. Can I ask you a question, though? When did you give him the shirt? I didn't. Oh, somebody gave it to him for you? Well, that's the thing. Oh. Joe Kelly gave him to him. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so Joe Kelly spread them out throughout the entire White Sox locker room, clubhouse. So uh, Reese McGuire has a baseball isn't boring T-shirt. But he will be getting another one for coming on this show. So he was really good. You can go to the Bradfoe Show account to to listen to that a little bit later. Um, and then we were talking a lot. And so, Brian, before we get to the call, I will let you react to my take. Okay? And then we're going to get to the calls. All right? My take is this, this wacky, wild and wacky week. I don't think I've talked to you. Maybe I've talked to you like off offline, as they say, as the kids say. No, you didn't because you wouldn't respond to my text if I texted you. So, well. Because they're nonsensical, but we did actually we did talk. We did talk. You were you were ripping people left and right, and so my thing was, if you if you want to if you're going to say you're going for the playoffs, you got to put your best foot forward, right? You I gotta agree. Put, you got to put your best foot forward, and you can make these trades, but nobody is going to say that trading Christian Vasquez is putting your best foot forward. And even your guy Jake Diekman, like there has been spots in this week where. He's the guy who was going to pitch Darwin's and Hernandez. He pitched instead of Jake Diekman. And as much as you dislike Jake Diekman, Walkman, whatever. Jake Walkman. Yeah, it's not. You got to do better than what your nickname. A lot of people yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, no. Maybe it's why you get your job. I don't know. But yeah, that was it. My Darwin's, Jake Darwin's, Darwin's and Hernandez is not the answer. Position. So my problem is is that all along the way with Heim Bloom, and you got to give me an example where I'm wrong here. Is it everything had been taking advantage of of a team where you get uh, a deal, right? You, yeah, you're 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 getting over on the team because they're desperate about something, that, which is a good thing to do. But at some point, and the bullpen is a perfect example. Is at some point you have to say, listen, we need certainty. We're going to get uncomfortable. We're going to trade one of these prospects we really like. We know the prospect is going to be a major leaguer, but we need to win now. He still hasn't done that, and he didn't do that in this case. In fact. He did just the opposite. All right, your take. 
I agree with most of what you said. And even if you look at like two trades or moves that we've said in recent history that Bloom has clearly won, he took advantage of teams like, for example, the Phillies trade. I said this. No, this is my point, that the Phillies were completely desperate, so he took advantage of them. Look, I can't give him too much credit for Hosmer. If one of the greatest players in the sport right now, Juan Soto, wasn't upset with his situation in Washington and didn't get a trade, do the Red Sox have a first baseman after the trading deadline? The answer to that is unequivocally no. He was not going to pick up a first baseman if it wasn't for that. And my biggest issue with Bloom is this, is now, and this looks really bad for Bloom, Rob, I feel like he lost a power struggle and he caved. So not only do I disagree with the majority, not only do I disagree with the majority of the moves that Bloom has made in his tenure here as the Red Sox front office executive, if you will, but now I think that he doesn't have balls. Because what would he have actually done? He would have actually been at a position where he said, okay, I'm trading Nathan Evaldi. I'm trading J.D. Martinez. Like, don't you think that is deep down what Heim Bloom wanted to do? He always talks about long-term yeah. stability. Yes. So he didn't do that either. So he barely bought. He didn't sell. That, to me, like, what is the point of what he did? I, I don't understand the direction of the organization whatsoever. He just caved to the guys in his clubhouse. Well, and and this is and I Brian being in Houston, boots in the ground. I was boots in the ground in Houston. I don't know if you My know old that. stomping ground. I know everyone's talking about H-Town. when you get held up at an ATM. Um, so, like I, I can tell you, and I said this before with Christian Vasquez, you can say, well, as Christian Vasquez, he was expendable. The guys, the the two main guys on that team, Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers. They did not. They they put Christian Vasquez right there where we put JD Martinez and Nathan Avaldi in terms of if you trade that guy, you are waving the white flag. Like I don't like you. I don't. You heard the Bogart sound when he met yeah, with the media. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So the question I think um, someone wa- asked about the waving the white flag, and he's like, uh, it was like there was. It wasn't like definitively no. It was a pause. No, I wouldn't say that. You know, it was like very. But there, this is a very real thing. The Christian Vasquez trading him meant more to them than it meant maybe to us. And, and that's a weird way to say it. But right, because if you look at some of the... It meant more, than, it meant more th- to them than certainly meant to High and Bloom. Oh, of course. And that's another thing. Is like, okay, so Vasquez got hot. I think they look at it as, okay, we can replace the offense when we get Story back. Hopefully we get Kike Hernandez back. We'll be fine when it comes to that. But the other portion of the equation is if you look at Vasquez, like all these pitchers that have thrown to both guys, all their ERAs are better throwing to Ploiecki. And not to say Ploiecki's a great player, but I look at it in terms of just the baseball perspective. I really don't view the Vasquez thing as a big loss for the team, but clearly... Well, Reese McGuire could get hot and you could have the same He's hot right now. Yeah, he could have the same production. Right, so like I don't think from a baseball perspective it's a big loss for the Red Sox, but I do believe what happened here, the whole controversy with him out in the field with no member of the front office there was a joke. And clearly, again, this is another move where Bloom doesn't realize how something affects the clubhouse. And the other thing, Rob, is what other team right now, seller or buyer, is in a situation right now where their general manager, or I should say chief baseball operator in the case of Bloom, what other organization is saying, hey, I got to go to wherever the place may be, Kansas City, and have an open-door policy. Cashman, who bought at the deadline, he's not saying that. Even the teams that sold. Well, you think Mike Rizzo's like, I need to go to wherever my team is to talk to the guys so I can explain to them well, what because, I'm doing? Because nobody knows. Well, also, also because, and not to say that Bloom had to be in Houston, but we've talked about this, it was a huge miss not having some front office representative. All right, 
We got to take a break. But before we take a break, just go just squeeze in one caller. Uh, we got Bill in Boston. What's going on, Bill? I was listening to. Um, I was driving around in the car, listening to WEI on my on my car on this on through through uh, Spotify through the Odyssey app. Okay. And they were talking about the Pats receivers. It was great. I felt like I was in Boston. And it was it was actually a good segment. I was impressed. It was I I don't the three guys. It was like a guy named Fitzy, Kyrie Thompson, and and uh, I'm gonna blank on the third guy. But they were doing this segment about how the Pats don't have a number one receiver, but they have a lot of number two receivers. And it's like, can that be better in some ways? And I don't know. Within ten minutes, they got me kind of excited about football. I was like, yeah, maybe you don't need a number one receiver. It was great. It was the perfect like summer football segment that I didn't realize I had been uh, waiting for. Thanks for the call, Bill. Uh, lesson learned. Bill Simmons cannot know your name one second, and then he's hiring you. He's, he's, he's making your dream come true the next. Okay, you just don't even respond. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, I mean, no, come I on. Come on. Let's go, let's go. I had no idea. All right, all right. I knew you guys were up to something. Uh, I don't know what you were doing back there. All right. There. So, I, the phone lines are lit up. Please hold on because I want you to, to weigh on in on this stuff. Why also getting a chance to talk to Brian, 617-779-7937. First, we're going to trend. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Didn't know your name. Didn't know your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that what he said? He's like, I don't know your name, but I want to hire you. No, that's not what he said, no, Rob. No, he just like, no. Did he think that he was hiring Fitzy or Kyrie? Is that what he thought? No. <laughs> okay, I'm just checking. Uh, this is what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Red Sox beat the Royals 7-4. We know this. Josh Winkowski, he pitched well. Nathan Valdi starts today against Daniel Lynch. What's your take on Lynch? Lefty. He sucks. Okay, there you go. Righty's absolutely clobber. I'm going to tell you about why, it all that, in the pregame show. And that's why. By the way, you see the the pitch selection with Evaldi completely changed. Past changed. Completely changed. A lot more splitters. He, well, by, by the way, I, what did I tweet out at the trade deadline? What, the, what were they asking for for Nathan Evaldi? The moon. The moon. <laughs> they did not want to give up the moon. You uh, love that. Uh, huh? Joe, Joe Leone <laughs> and Will Fleming have the call with the first pitch at 730 across the Shaw's and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Radio Network. Oh, I'm sorry. Red Sox Network. Shaw's and Star Market perfecting the art of fresh. Be sure to tune into the Massachusetts pregame show with Brian Big Shot Barrett. At 610, sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. The Patriots' first preseason game is Thursday. They host the Giants at Gillette Stadium. And the Revs are in Orlando to play Orlando City SC. Kickoff is at 730. Are you going to talk about Revs on your podcast? No. Oh, okay. We want to get that out of the way. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Right back to it. The Bradfoe Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. They say these bonds are like COVID. You get them right off the bat. Back to the SARS and Corona. Like you took a bite off of that. Then it goes Who's that? Who's that? Oh, come on. That's, that's a very familiar right. voice. Brian knows. Who's that? I don't know. Oh, really? Eminem. Oh, Eminem. Oh, it's Eminem. By the way, as a quick aside, before we go back to the call, this has nothing to do with Brian Barrett, the Red Sox, or anything other than music. I just watched the Woodstock 99 documentary on Netflix. Are you familiar? Yeah, it's so good. Have you, oh, you watched it? Yeah. yeah, I watched it too. Do you rem- did he really? Yeah. Is that true? Why is that shocking that yeah, I watched it? I, I wasn't like there, not, but I, wa- I feel you do nothing but 
like look at stats and eat like and drink protein shakes. No, you know what I'm watching right now too is the show on Apple TV. The news, uh, not the newsroom. What's it called? With uh, the morning morning show. show. Yeah, have you seen that? So good. So so good. Good cast too. Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell. I will put it on the list. But the Woodstock '99. Do you guys remember this? I don't remember it happening. I was like four. Were you four? I wasn't. I was a little older than four, but I, I don't remember when it I don't, happened. I, I don't really remember. But the oh my god! You know what was so like awful about it was the guy who ran it, like the or the guys who ran it. Basically, it's like nothing to see. No, I know that. I know that. I mean, I'm I'm not. This is literally what happened. Girls are getting raped and 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 allegedly, and that there was like people getting almost killed, and all this this chaos is happening. And they're like, oh, it's just a few people. This is nothing, nothing to see. Isn't it crazy? It was crazy. Yeah, they dropped the ball Insane. on that one for sure. Fred Durst did not come off well on it either. No, oh man. Anyway, have you seen the other one about like they were supposed to do this like huge party? I forget where it was. Like this guy, oh, fire festival. Yes, yeah, yeah that yeah. one's crazy too. Yes, it is crazy. Yes, thank you. That's what going to be your podcast about. Exactly. It, All dis- about disrupting our good Red Sox talk. Come on. 617-779-7937. Uh, we got to get to the calls. But I do, I want you to percolate this in your head. Okay. Maybe you already have. I had said before, earlier in the show, I had laid out the scenario about, you know, that people say, well, the Red Sox won. They're playing Kansas City. Uh, they're three and a half back. They're still in it. They got these guys. Maybe they're a slightly better team, so forth and so on. Brian, man, the schedule Compared to these other team schedules, not even close. Not even close. And without that bullpen, without that bullpen on, by the way, I don't know if you know this, Garrett Whitlock didn't pitch again last night. Yeah, he doesn't look right. I agree with what you said earlier. Something's off with him. And the other thing I well, just... Well, he, he hasn't pitched since Sunday. Yeah. And I... last night, and this wasn't a, well, we're saving him scenario. Right. That would have been the scenario you, you pitch him. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll see him tonight if the Red Sox are winning. I don't envision that we'd see Schreiber tonight. Well, if you don't see him tonight, then he has to go on the injury list. Yeah, I mean, if it, you don't... it feels like he's trying to be easy with Schreiber, too. Remember, the the most he's ever pitched at the big league level is 15 and two-thirds for Schreiber prior to the season. But, Rob, that's the other thing, like circling back to your Bloom thing that you brought up earlier. So if you are buying, why didn't you get a bullpen on? Well, that's my point. It makes zero sense. Well, that's, like, my, that's my point. They, have no, they legitimately don't have a lefty right now because Darwin said is a non-entity. That guy will not throw strikes. He's basically Jake Diekman. And then when you look at... Davis, he has not been good, Rob. He's been good as an opener. He has not been good as a relief pitcher. We saw that again last night. And Strom still isn't. Who is so we, we had the they big, don't have a lefty. We, we had your big five of bullpen arms that they didn't get in the offseason. Who would have been at your list of guys that were traded at the trade deadline relievers? Who would have been at the top of your list in terms of they should have gone after? David Robertson, but I don't think they were ever going to give that up now. You know what they got? The seventh prospect in the organization. Yeah, they would never have done that. They would have, they would have never done that. Rysel Iglesias went, too. Yeah. That's another guy that I was after in the offseason that I thought they should go after. I know he's not as good as he was in previous yeah, seasons. They were but... Just, yeah, but they, they just simply would have, wouldn't have done any of that. All right, let's go to the phones. Jeff in Cromwell, Connecticut. What's going on, Jeff? Well, I'll tell you. In my mind, um, I have an idea regarding um, – Debris and Bogarts, uh, I never heard you guys or anyone else on the radio or TV talk about. To sign Devers and Bogarts at what they want at $30 million a year for 10 years, you're talking about signing two guys for a team of 25 or 28 that's going to cost over a half a billion dollars. That's crazy. Price of doing business, my friend. 
I mean, this is what you have to do. You have to identify the guys that you want to build a team around and go from there. Yeah, but what do you do with, for the rest of the team? Well, you saw what happened to uh, Jalen Brown and and um, apples and oranges. It's it's like you can't. I don't even know where you're going, but I'm going to tell you it doesn't. Anything in the NBA doesn't compare to the MLB. But I will say this. Is that you have two guys carrying the, the team. right? Well, no, but but what you can do. What about the Dodgers, Jeff? Hockey, football, baseball, whatever. You can't have two guys. No, but carrying teams you know here's here's uh, here's where here's where you do have to have two guys carry the team. You do have to have, and this goes back to the Ortiz example. You do have to have the guy in the middle, guy or guys in the middle of the order where you can rely on. You can say those are going to be the offensive production. When you didn't have Devers in this lineup, when he was on the injured list, how did that lineup look? I, I tell you, I tell you, I I I, I want to have Devers and Bogarts. I do want to have them, but, but sounds like it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, that's what it sounds like. Because I'm telling you, that's what it sounds like. Because that's what that's what I want. But I, I can't see signing them for a half a billion dollars. If I could do it, if the ownership is making six million dollars, and they're signing these two guys for half a billion, I could see Please. it. But no one's talked about the numbers. Wait, nobody's ever brought up the contract. I think the ownership's making. I think the ownership's making more than six million dollars. I'm not positive. Freddie uh, Freeman, twenty-seven. Mookie, twenty-two and a half. Trey Turner, twenty-one. Which, by the way, like so. So in high <laughs> Clayton Kershaw, if, seventeen. If you knew Kimbrel, sixteen. If if you knew, if you knew, this is the this is like the Tom Brady talk. This is the baseball version of the Tom Brady talk. If you knew now that this was going to be the the haul that you got for Mookie Betts. You get uncomfortable, and you pay what Mookie Betts wants. If they said, this is the best that you're going to do for Mookie Betts, it's Alex Verdugo, Connor Wong, and uh, and Jeter Downs, then you say, if that's the best we're going to do for Mookie Betts, Mookie, you win. Here's the $365 million. Well, two things to that, Rob. The first one I would say is that would make me very scared as a Red Sox fan, which I am, about if you don't get a deal done with Devers prior to next season. Because if Heimblum has to trade Rafael Devers, do we expect him to get a good trade? Well, history would tell us he sucks at that, so it's not going to happen. And then secondarily, just from like an optics perspective, Rob, don't you think that if Heimblum just let Mookie now, now knowing what we know their turn is, Verdugo, Downs, and Connor Wong, if he just let Mookie play out the season and then ultimately Mookie walked in free agency and signed somewhere else, wouldn't that have been a better look for Bloom than what you have right oh, now? Oh, of course. It, at least it's like, well, you tried to get Mookie signed. You couldn't get well, it you done. Had a, you had and a, he didn't want to be here. He wanted to go somewhere else. That would have been the narrative. You had a whole other year of trying to get him signed. And, yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's no question. Like, there, I, this trade is so bad. Like, I can't – I'm trying to think of, like, a cross-sport comparison that is this bad. Like, Kevin McHale got so much more back for Kevin Garnett. Then, well, that's and not, I get it, you had to attach David Price's contract and all this, but this is an absolutely atrocious trade. I mean, in this, like, how can you trust this guy doing business with a trade like that? And how about the Benintendi trade? Okay, now, Winkowski has not looked good. We all know that. I was not impressed with his outing last night. Franchi is one of the worst players we've seen in recent history. Uh, I'm pissed that I bought into him for a couple of weeks. Okay, I feel bad about that. And then, like, <laughs> okay, so you're waiting on De La Rosa, but the kid's like, what, 20? Uh, so, but my point this is, is this, like, when you when you get rid of Benintendi, he's a good baseball player coming off a down season. You traded him when the value was at its nadir. So just from a value perspective, which Heim Bloom is— Excellent a, word. That's why I got hired. But Heim Bloom, <laughs> like, that's something that 
he's supposed to know all about value. He traded the guy when his value was at its lowest. And when you trade Benintendi, you have to get something at some point that helps the major league team. And you didn't do that. Well, this is what comes back to what I was saying, Brian, is that I know it's simplistic, but I just desperately want him just to trade one for one. Like, enough. I, I, I can't stand. And even with the Vasquez thing, same thing. I can't stand this whole thing about these people tying themselves in a knot. It's like, say, oh, it's a good trade. Look, you got five guys for Benintendi. Well, okay, fine. But you know what you need? You need the guys who are going to be everyday players, impactful everyday players. And right now, I don't know what Winkowski's going to be. Maybe. But still, like... I want to. I don't want to hear about how many guys you got back. I don't want to hear how the. And this is what my my good friend Evan Drellick used to say this about Dombrowski. He's not stocking, restocking the farm system. He's not getting guys back. You know why? Because he's getting the right guys back more times than not. And that's driving me nuts. Christian Vasquez, same deal. You got two guys back. Tell me the guy that is going to be the no doubt about it major leaguer. Because right now, I don't care if, uh, what's it, Emmanuel Valdez. It went deep oppo. I oh, love fine. that. Oh, great, fine. Great, 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 great. Okay? There was, like, he's the, he was the, whatever, the 28th ranked prospect in the Astro system. Yes. You can't say that he is definitely going to be a major league player. Give me the guy who is going to be a major league player, that guy, instead of the three guys that you think are going to be a major league player. Who had, I saw the um, somebody had a post today about the bets thing. You gave up a dollar for four quarters. <laughs> like that's, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, well, and the thing that's so aggravating to me, Rob, is I felt like when they hired Bloom, he acted like he inherited a bad roster, and like this oh, team needed a total. And, and, and listen, that's they we're hearing to... that narrative now. Well, it's... yeah, and like they had to change everything with the organization. It's like, well, okay, 2019 they had a down year. Remember, you flipped Mookie and Benintendi in the lineup that never worked. I mean, that was something I talked about in Red Sox review a lot. It took Cora, in my opinion, too long to make that change back to Mookie hitting leadoff. I get it; he wanted to drive in more runs. But remember, the pitchers weren't ready for the season because they were coming off the long year, and it took them a while to get going. All the pitchers really out of the gate sucked that season, then Price got it going. But I felt like they completely overreacted to 19. That team had just won a World Series well, of course they did. in 2018, the, the ownership, and they acted like the, the team sucked. The, Bloom has acted like he inherited a team that wasn't good. Right, and That's a, my problem. And a farm system that was terrible, whereas the guys who were coming up are the guys that they drafted. And, and you can talk about it being a deeper farm system or whatever. I mean, the... I, the, our great friend Alex Pinellas, I hope he makes the major leagues. But still, that Jackie Bradley trade on itself, like if you want to have a good major league team, if you value the major league team, Hunter Renfro's your guy, right? We know that now. Well, even that, like, okay, so I personally don't have an issue with that trade in a vacuum because I say, all right, well, they took on Jackie's contract to pay for a couple of prospects. I'm fine with that, Rob, but my problem is, I always thought that there was another move happening, right? So if you get rid of Hunter Renfro, you're going to go out and sign an everyday outfielder. And the problem is the Red Sox never did that. So if you want to make that Renfro trade, I can get behind it. Remember, everybody was trashing on Renfro during the postseason. So I can understand the logic behind that. But what I can't understand and what irritates me so much is he didn't fill that spot. That's well, what pisses me so off. So this is, here's what's going to piss there you off. There wasn't a corresponding Here's what's going to piss you off even more. Okay. Is that I think after this trade deadline, I think the we talk about Devers and Bogarts. I think the like why it's not like these guys walked up to me and told me this. This is just my I, I want to say educated guess. Like hypothesis. The, hypothesis. Thank you. There you go. That I feel like their mindset in terms of actually like, hey, I want to stay with the Red Sox forever, like is at least taking a hit. I mean, at least it taking a hit. Well, and I too, mean, like, with little Vasquez, like this whole idea of. 
and Heim Bloom can fly to Kansas City and say whatever he's going to say. That's fine. Alex Cora can do whatever damage control he can. That's fine. But still, I'll come back to the perception in that clubhouse, particularly with those two guys, when it came to Christian Vasquez. They view Christian Vasquez as a core guy on that team. And when you're trading a core guy at the trade deadline, then I'm sorry that the perception is that you're selling off. And this isn't Nomar. Like, the only example we can give of, like, a player of that of value, significant value, is Nomar, right? But those guys, it wasn't like Nomar was, like, the ingrained in that clubhouse. He was sort of... Right, he had issues at that time, right? right? Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, let's go to Chris and Redding. What's going on, Chris? McFarlane, McFarlane, Oh, thank McFarlane. you, thank you, thank you McFarlane. for uh, man, Brian has the never wanted man. to scream McFarlane more than today. Let's go. I know. I'm so happy for you, Metric Man. You've been the straw that stirs the WAI drink. <laughs> and uh, more candidly, though, uh, I've learned a whole lot listening to you. Uh, you've always taken my calls. Simmons is lucky to have you. And Bradfoe, when you have your Boston Baseball Isn't Boring event, which I hope is this season, I hope Brian is there and you can have him just rattling off the craziest metrics the craziest stats, and it can be one hype up not only for baseball, uh, not being boring, but to celebrate. Yeah, we're in negotiations right now with Bill Simmons to have Brian there. So uh, we will have it. I hope you're there, Chris. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris. McFarlane, I appreciate McFarlane, it, man. McFarlane, McFarlane. <laughs> Absolutely, Brian. You got it. All right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Don't you dare take McFarlane from me. Ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. All right. John and Gardner, what's going on, John? Hey, guys, Rob, save me 10 or 12 seconds, please. Um, two questions for you, Bradfoe. How do you replace the irreplaceable? How do you replace the MVP? Well, I, 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 uh, the Red I Sox and WEI are about to question. find out. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I said the Red Sox and WEI are about to find out. Okay. Well, and number two, I've done some uh, back-of-the-envelope cal- computations here. What do you got for the minimum dollar value of the going away and congratulatory gift you're going to give? Oh, I've already Brian. given him a gift. We know that he's gift brought of you life. out of shell and made you the new man, made your career skyrocket. I mean, honestly, so, John, like you, you're a listener. You listen to Brian like through 2019 to 2020. He's a completely absolutely. different person, right? Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. So by the, time, by the time that Bill Simmons finally started hearing him, and then actually, like, now, now, in fairness, he still didn't know his name when he hired him. Okay. But, but, but still, I mean, he had the changed. The three Bs now. Yeah. The three Bs now. I mean, I can't wait till they, he figures out that he, he didn't hire Kyrie Thompson or oh Fitzy. <laughs> uh, Brian, for you now, I need a pledge from you, brother. Okay. I want you to promise us all that you're going to get that home blood pressure cuff because I worry about you a little bit oh. sometimes. I have high blood pressure. I got well, a physical coming up. All right. I mean, you don't uh, eat well, solid food and you only drink energy drinks. Of course you have high blood pressure. It's true. You've got to take care of yourself. And, Brian, you're, a, you're an example of the old saying about hard work paying off. You worked your ass off. You, you have been super valuable to WEEI, and I hope they paid you a little bit of money, but probably not the case. Anyway, absolutely good luck in your new endeavor, and you deserve it, kid. Thanks, Thanks John. I appreciate there, it, John. There you go. Wow, he's tearing up. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to blank on the third guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is so good. Good job, Stiz. That was Bill Simmons identifying the talent of Brian Perry. <laughs>
you play that again? Yeah, it's funny you guys aren't playing the end of that, but what? and uh, I'm gonna blank on the third guy. Yeah. <laughs> Are you getting upset? Are you uncomfortable? Slightly. Okay. I'm not upset. <laughs> I am right. slightly uncomfortable. Let's, re- let's regroup. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We get, uh, but after the break, we'll get back to the calls. I see you lined up, Phil, David, the rest of you. This is the Bradfoe Show with Brian Metric Man Barrett alongside all the way up into the pregame show, along with our guy Stiz. I'm Rob Bradford. Be back right after this. WEI. We are right back to the Bradfoe Show. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. All right, this is Bradford Show. I expect something a little more upbeat. What's going on? Yeah, I wanted to switch it. I was doing a lot of hip hop. The tradition of like Woodstock '99 is this like after uh, Limp Biscuit comes on and you have to like bring out Jewel. (laughs) Should have did break stuff. Oh my goodness! Like that was a. I love Jewel, but like she that was a no win situation. Poor girl. Yeah. Oh, she she got through it though. She muscled through. Yeah, she did. She did. And then uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers closes down. Oh, with the fires. With the fires. <laughs> they're things on fire, so what do they think? They're they coming to Fenway in September. Are they going to set that on fire? I hope not. No, I hope not as well. All right. This is the Bradford Show. I'm Rob Bradford. We'll be talking baseball, the great game of baseball. Ever since 4 o'clock, we'll be taking you up to the pregame show with Brian Metric Man Barrett, who's here right now, right as we speak. I've been here for a while. I've been here since 8. I, I know. Well, you went and worked out. Yeah, right? New Balance. Thanks to Mutt. Thanks to my guy Mutt. Oh, New Balance you, oh, place now is he's awesome over there. Now he's your guy. Mutt is now my guy? Mutt's yeah, always been basically my guy. you walked on his back, pushing him aside. What, what are you your venture. About? How did I push Poor Mutt aside? Mutt. Poor Mutt. Now he's going to have to do double duty to make up for all your mischiefs. What's happening? Don't you care anymore, Brian? What's wrong with you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, do you agree with me, Brian, before we get back to the calls, do you agree with me that that they have they, – we can talk about them only being three and a half out. We can talk about them, like, having these additions and, you know, maybe being slightly better or whatever. Um, but do you agree with me that the schedule is just, like, between the schedule and the lack of a bullpen arm, that this isn't happening? Well, and the fact that – you reference the schedule. We know what the history is against the division, too. Like, that's part of the calculus At some here. point, you just have to accept that, right? <laughs> like they can't how about the fact the Orioles, win games how the the division? Fact the Orioles now? I mean, I know they're playing the Pirates right now, but still, they've won four in a row. They're feeling good about themselves, right? They're a game and a half back. I do think this. I do think this. Here's a bold prediction. You can use this on your podcast. All right, lock it in. Do I have to trademark it? The White Sox will win that division. The White Sox. The White Sox. They're two back. They're two back. They're tied with Cleveland, two back in Minnesota. They're 54 and 52. They're starting to play a little bit better. You know anybody on that team? I may have an inside source, but and I may have to follow that team live and die every day. But I will say this, is that their rotation is crazy good, right? Their, their bullpen potentially now with Diekman, Walkman is really good. He's been good his past two outings. uh, Joe Kelly hasn't given up a run in 11 outings. I don't know how I don't know know this. But you have Kelly, you have Grayman, you have Hendricks. Good up-and-coming manager, young guy. (laughs) That's a a problem. But it's kind of like in the Jackie Robinson movie, right? They succeeded despite the guy, right? 
I guess. What are you doing? What are you, cracking, cracking open a beer? Or what's, what's, yeah, you cracking over beer. You would never do that before. I didn't but, realize but I am predicting the, I'm predicting the White Sox winning that, that division. They're two back right now. And their schedule, and here's another reason why, because their schedule, really easy. Really easy. Yeah, I mean, my biggest concern is just the fact, okay, we got four hits. You saw four hits from Bogarts last night. J.D. hit a ball off the wall. But those guys in particular, they haven't really hit. I mean, Bogarts has hit a little bit for average, but no power really since the start of June. Verdugo's hitting cleanup today. Well, J.D. got moved back to sixth, which should tell you where they're at right now with J.D. Martinez. I mean, the guys have been hitting whatsoever, but those two guys have got to put up better numbers if this team's going to make any significant run. But I I still come back to the fact that I don't understand why they didn't do anything to try to help the bullpen. I just told you why. What? Because they don't they don't want it's not right. They should have. We said this I began the show by saying this, Brian. Okay, that back in June when they were rolling, when they were a wagon, and and we said, Hey, you know what? They're a good team. Right. And they could actually contend with the caveat that you need to add a bullpen arm. And that's when the bullpen had everybody. Yeah. And and so you need well, to add a bullpen arm. And so we got to the trade deadline. Nothing changed. You okay. still need to add a bullpen arm. Yeah, you need so, to add it more than ever, considering you know, we think that Whitlock's banged up. I totally agree with this, and this is something you and I, Rob, we talked about this prior to the season even starting, that they were short in the bullpen. They didn't do enough there. And I wrote one of my great articles for WEI.com about the You're bullpen. You're going to write another one before you leave? Probably not. Oh, but one of my great articles for WEI.com was one of my two great ones was identifying some of the arms they should have gone after in the bullpen. So we agree they should have done more before this season. They should have done something at the deadline. But I'm just trying to put myself in High Bloom's seat right now. What is the is the plan that they think that and Waka comes back, some of these other somebody else can go into the bullpen? Like, are they going to use Hill? Out of, well, Hill looked horrible the other day, but are they going to use well, him out of the bullpen because they need a lefty? Here's well, okay. Left, they'll they'll assume that Strom's coming back, and they'll assume Davis will be better. And forget about the lefty; they need a guy that they can pitch late in games. Okay, so the one that guy that intrigued me, and I said this on the broadcast, like not that you didn't hear it because everyone was listening to those broadcasts four in a row. By the way, oh my goodness, I was on fire. But Brian Bay, I, I did like you guys, Vin Scully broadcast. That's super. It was good. Uh, uh, Brian Bayo, I know that Hein Bloom said earlier. A month or so ago, that they weren't going to put him in the bullpen. That wasn't part of the plan. I think that plan has to have changed. That he makes so much sense and putting him out there with that type of stuff. It made no sense at the time when he said that they weren't going to put him in the bullpen because this happens all the time. Innings limits you have on young pitchers anyway. You have this guy with insanely good stuff. You don't have to worry about him like thinking too much about what to throw. Just go out and throw for an inning. Yeah. And 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 we've seen it with Papelbon and Workman and these other guys. It happens all the time. So it made all the sense in the world, and it still makes all the sense in the world. Now he's hurt now, but we'll see. But it made no sense when he said that they were going to put him in the bullpen. Yeah, and the stuff plays out there. That's the thing, right? Like, you can't just take any starter and put them in the bullpen. But no. his stuff is absolutely filthy. I mean, even, like, when his numbers were not good and he was getting hit and he was walking the ballpark, you could tell that the stuff played in, the like, some of the – stuff and the break and all that. I won't get into it too much, Rob. But oh, you please. Could... Please do. Well, he... <laughs> please, his sinker, for old time's sake. His sinker, if you took him with any qualified starter in Major League Baseball, only two guys have more var- vertical break on their sinker. Hold on. I gotta smoke a cigarette. <laughs> oh, that was but you get, I'm with. I'm totally with you on that. And I, I do think that he could have been a massive weapon for this team. <laughs> it's crazy how far we are from 
the beginning of the season, Rob, remember when when Sale went down, when they first like got back, when we found out about the Sale injury prior to the season, remember like you and I were doing a show, and I'm like, oh, Cora said that they wanted to use Hulk after a Sale. Right. Remember? So that was like the plan with this team could have been the starting rotation you had, but Hulk and Whitlock being like piggyback guys, you're like, oh, the Red Sox may be onto something, and now they got nothing back there. Yeah, and you not only have so you you know Hauk looks good, but you you don't want to say like Hauk is like the lockdown guy. Like if you want to power rank the relievers right now, Schreiber Schreiber, I'm I'm not even counting Whitlock because Whitlock I can't get past how he looks walking around. I can't get past how he looks walking around. It's weird. It's and so Schreiber is the guy. So you have Whitlock in that state. You have Schreiber, to your point, like he's pitching deeper in the season. You, you, you're just like, oh, my goodness, can he keep doing this? And Hauk, yeah, okay, like he's a nice guy to have, but you're still sort of sifting your way into the confidence, full confidence in him. Yeah, and that's why, like, the other night when Cora put Darwin's in into the game, I disagreed with the decision totally. I figured, okay, that's an opportunity to win. you got to go with the big guns, but Schreiber wasn't going to pitch in that game at that point in the game. So I understand why Cora did it. I disagree with the move, but the point being is he's so short back there. That was the one place where Robbie said, okay, here come the lefties. He referenced the pocket, good pocket talk, like from the postseason. And you needed one of your lefties to come through there. And Darwinson couldn't do it. It just indicates again, how short this bullpen is. And it's actually worse than it was two weeks ago. Well, yes, it's worse. And because of your guy, bizarrely this last week, Bizarrely, like Deekman not having Deekman. Oh, on, I'm not saying it because Watson's no, gone. No, no, but I'm serious. Like they're, I'd rather have Jake Deekman than Darwin's and Hernandez in that spot. Well, it's the same guy. No, it's not. I mean, they both it's not the, the same guy. Look at their numbers they're, they're, like the same. Darwin's and Hernandez, with all due respect to the Hernandez family, right? Well, glad you gave him respect. Yeah, I mean, like I like him personally, right? <laughs> but still, it's it's it, it. He can't. He has to prove it to me. I mean, he has. He has not. You cannot bring him in in that spot, and I don't blame Cork because, like you said, he had nowhere else to turn. Right. But you can't bring him in. You can't have that as your only option. A guy that the last time you saw him wasn't good, then he gets hurt, and then he pops up again. Oh, no, he was throwing really well at AAA. I, uh, well, this, let's see how he does in the major leagues. It's crazy. So this comes back to my original point, which is when you're looking at the Red Sox going forward, I have a real hard time thinking that they are going to be able to best these other teams, even the Orioles, because they feel good about themselves. They're frisky. They're frisky. I like the cut of their jib, even without Mancini. They're winning. By the way, Mancini's just dropping bombs. Yeah, I don't care. The Orioles are winning. The Orioles are winning, and the Yankees haven't won a game. And this Benintendi thing is, oh, my goodness. It's kind of crazy. He he can't hit. Well, he can't hit, and you know how that works. uh, It's one thing not being able to hit for a little bit, but once you get into New York, you start getting the heat a little bit, it becomes a whole different ball. I I know. They thought they got rid of Gallo. I, well, that's a perfect example. Thank you. I mean, Gallo, that situation, like, I almost legitimately felt bad for the guy. Yeah, well, he had to go. Anyway, yeah. uh, speaking of having to go, uh, Phil in uh, New Bedford wants to say thanks, Brian. What's up, Phil? Hey, Brian. How you doing? I turned 60 years old in the spring, my friend, and since 2019, you taught me a thing or two. Thank you, Phil. I appreciate and, uh, that, man. And, you know, on a real personal level, Last September, when I had that back surgery and a nerve, and they end up taking my disc and stuff, it's a late night stuff, and it wasn't a big sports menu. Yeah. You kept me going and kept me laughing. 
And three weeks ago, when that guy called in and called you a bleeping idiot, and you gave him three chances to explain why, I think that's going to go in your highlight reel. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Where are you going to, anyway? Uh, the Ringer and Spotify. All right, bro. I'll try to catch you over there. <laughs> All right, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Two things I take away from that call. Number one, Brian Barrett is a miracle healer. He heals people with his words. And number two, Phil has no idea what <laughs> Anyway, Phil, I appreciate you calling. Phil's a good guy. He calls a lot of the Red Sox. Speaking shows. of good guys, let's go to David in Florida. What's going on, David? Oh, boy. Brian, you <laughs> Exactly it, David. I can't hack it anymore. Yeah, well, we're happy for you, Brian. Thank you, David. Are you still going to keep in touch with us? Of course, I'll keep in That's touch. It's a lie. You got to listen to yeah. my podcast. Yeah, do I have to pay for it now? Is this like one of those? I love those these. They, they have no idea what a podcast is. <laughs> do, do I have to pay for it? No, but I, I, I mean, some podcasts. Oh, like the oh, what's the one that bucks on now? The Athletic. You have to. That's a subscription. Is that a podcast? David, thing I'll too? Say, David, once the podcast goes live, I'll send you. I'll da- send David you a raises link. a good point that do you have to actually pay them to work for them? <laughs> do I have to pay? <laughs> no, I'm not oh, paying to work, David. Yeah, well, so when are you leaving? The 18th. Oh, all right. We still got you around for a little more. Yeah, I'll still beat you up a little more. But all I actually right. got a couple of questions. First of all, um. Was there any, in all seriousness, was there any significant chatter before the trading deadline about the Angels moving Otani? Because there was a little, a little bit about that. Yeah, right? There's some, there some chatter. Yeah, top four prospects. That's what they were asking for. I would have given up. I would have given up Devers in a, in three or four or five other picks. For, Let's be honest. Uh, Let's be honest, David. You would have given Otani. up Devers for Artie Moreno. I mean, like it's like. <laughs> yeah. I would have given up Devers for, for uh, oh, God. Oh, what the heck is that? Reed Nichols. He's my favorite utility player of all time. All right. Reed. Number one, the only podcast we referenced was the one that Steve Buckley's on. <laughs> and number two, you mentioned Reed Nichols. <laughs> yeah, Reed Nichols. Eddie Urock. Oh, gosh. Um Oh, Julio Valdez. Who was the guy? Who was the guy who got, who got arrested on the field, like way back in the early '80s? The shortstop. For yeah, Sacramento that was Julio Ray. Valdez. Yeah, yeah. Julio Valdez. Yeah. yeah. Scott Cooper. Oh boy. Um, oh, <laughs> Dan Lewis. <laughs> Once more, I can I can give you my Eddie Ura, Carlos Quintana, the Q. Oh, he was great. Remember the Q? I do remember the Q. David, oh, yeah. hold on. Are you just anyway. naming players? Can, 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 now you can go 1995 through 2000. 95 through to Bob Zupsik? Oh, that, 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 yeah. yeah. Bob Zupsik, Romine, <laughs> Kevin Romine. Um, oh, let's not forget Spike Owens. Let's not forget going backwards. Um, Ed Romero. Going backwards. You, you lose. All right, David. Once you start going the other, no, no, David, you gotta go. You gotta go. 
you got to go. I can't take it anymore. I'm crying. I don't like, know he's, what he's, he's literally. About. He he started, he started going. He started players. going in the right direction. I would have let him go from '88 all the way to 2022, but then he started going the other way. He started talking. He started talking about Eddie Romero and Spike Owen. Remember the whole reason that he started naming all these players. Reed Nichols. Is, yeah, it's because he would have traded Devers for him before Reed Nichols. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really, like I've that. never like I know people get take committed, but that's like the worst take to be committed to that you should trade Rafael Devers for like any player. But <laughs> I, I hope if that. Speaking of like age, I desperately I hope that Fred is still with us. Don't you hope Fred is still with us, Fred in Maryland? Oh, that's grim. I haven't heard from him in a while. Do we have Fred? Fred so Fred, that was so that we you were you were on with Fred when we revealed like Fred like identity. Didn't you were you on with us? I think I was. Okay. So anyway, I want all the all the uh the Brian Barrett fans to come out. And I'm getting a sense. This is my concern with your new venture, Brian. I'm gonna oh, be honest man. with you. Oh god. New concern is that all these people who are calling to say they love you. They have no idea what a podcast is. <laughs> we'll change that. We got to change it. Oh, what do we got? We got Fred. Drug King Fred. Drug King Fred. That's right. Remember that Brian was on the show yeah, that I day because he was Drug the one King that pointed Fred. it out. Yeah, and then he remember didn't he send us like a tweet or like yeah he, he called back trying to deny it. He's on no, he but he's did, like no, actually, he did it. He's on oh. Twitter. Like his Twitter handle is Drug King Fred. Well, he said he was a pharmacist. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. But his Twitter handle is Drug King Fred. Maybe I, he got caught. Drug King Fred at gmail <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite show ever. Check check check. Make sure that if you on your inbox, if you got any congratulatory emails from Drug King Fred at gmail Oh man. Well, listen, you're gonna miss this, man. Brian, I Bar- am. I will miss you, Rob, very much. In Stiz. <laughs> You don't sound sincere at all. I will. I told you, Rob. I thank you for a lot of things, man. You helped me out a ton. I did help you out a ton. I did help you out a ton. And you know I'm going to help you out even more in the pregame show. I'm going to miss the clubhouse inside. I still have Mutt. Yeah, you still got Mutt's going to be. I mean, Mutt's still here. Mutt's he's, not he's leaving. still here. I, I heard. Listen, he's part of the broadcast team. You never got a chance. You you did do the run broadcast. Now you no chance to do your broadcast career is over. I did two innings. What do you mean my broadcast career is over? Well, you never get a, chan- a podcast. Yeah, but you're never going to get a chance to do a broadcast again. Red Sox radio broadcast or Red Sox the actual game broadcast. I did do one. I did two I know, innings as well. But you're not doing. You can't do one anymore. You're working for the competitor. Okay. Are you trying sorry. to make me you, feel bad? You now having or second what? thoughts? Huh? You having second thoughts between the fact that the guy who hired you doesn't know your name and you can't do a broadcast? I am not having second thoughts. Okay. I can tell you that unequivocally. Stiz, what do you think? Think he's having second thoughts? No, I think I think Brian, as much as it pains me to say it because I love the kid, I think he is ready, and I think he is going to do a bang-up job wherever he goes. Bill Simmons is lucky to have him, and it has been so much fun working yeah, with him. Yeah, it's a lot of fun working with you. We'll, we'll, Thank you, we'll talk to you, but we got to go, Stiz, right? we got to head out. All right, this is the Bradford Show. Thanks, Brian Barrett. Thanks, Stiz. Thanks, Justin. The whole family here. Uh, you're going to be able to listen to Brian for the next couple of weeks. And most importantly, you're going to be able to listen to him coming up in the pregame show. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Bradford Show. Subscribe, rate, follow, podcast. All the recent uh, Reese McGuire interview, all of this will be on the Bradford Show channel. Check it out. We'll talk to you next week.